Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are talking about customer recruitment and which products are best for that. So let's get started. Hi, Ian. How are you? Hello, Mark. Very well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm good. Uh, this week, we wanted to talk about um, the product specifically for customer recruitment and started to give you some models on how to think about recruiting those products. Because basically, as you recruit new customers, those customers will fundamentally change your business depending on who they are and what they do later on. So getting those people right is important. Now, obviously, if you're starting out, you're not going to know exactly what the customers are going to do in your business. But after you've got a little bit of data, we can start to do something with them. So um, customer recruitment, how do you want to yeah. kick off, Ian? Yeah, so I, I will summarize as I do my general ramblings around customer recruitment and, and the products you're looking for. So the I mean, basically, the default sort of go-to is you... You know, you, people tend to put all the products in the shopping feed, for example, or all the products in the feed for Facebook. Um, and the problem with that is the you can end up spending a load of money recruiting products that are not particularly good products to recruit on. And your budget can get used up quite quickly. And that is the problem. The benefit of, of casting your net quite wide is that you you start to see which ones are going to win and which ones are going to work and that's quite nice and it's a little bit like fishing and i this is another analogy mark i think you came up with this one about 10 years ago you were saying you know it's a little bit like fishing in a pond you've never fished in before you know when you recruit when you recruit a new customer you know you throw your you throw your fishing rods um you know all over the you cast your your rods all over the pond you don't know where the fish are going to bite and but as they start biting, you start moving your fishing rod around to where the fish are. That kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Mm. Now, mm. but in terms of what products you should use to recruit, or what's the bait to recruit the fish? That that's what we're talking about today. Is that should you you know just throw all your products out there and all your feeds, and you know is that the right thing to do, or should you say no? Actually, I'm going to focus on one or two products that I know I'm going to do a better job at recruiting in. And the question really is what, what are those products and why we say that is a good idea and why, you know, you could recruit, you could recruit um, a, a two customers on two different products. One customer becomes a much better lifetime customer value than the other one based on which product they, they built first. And I think that's the key thing, isn't it? Yeah. Is the, I'm probably going a bit deep, really. But well, generally, I think... I'm saying you, know, you, could, you, could, you could get a customer and you know, they spend £100 and you go, yay, the margin was the same, my ROAS was the same, but, but one, one customer is going to go and, and buy five times in a year. The other one's going to buy once. 
So naturally, you'd want to invest more in the product that's going to give you a better lifetime customer value, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. And I think there's two analogies or metaphors that I use to um, tell people how to understand this. And the first one is imagine your business as a house. And in order to get people into the house, they have to come through the front door. But what gets them through the front door might not be what you do with them once they get inside the house. So you might, you know, you might be standing at the front door saying, do you want some cake? And they go into the house to get some cake. And then when they're in the house, you say, do you want a cup of tea? Do you want some chicken casserole? You know, all the other things that you would do once you're in the house. Now, hang on a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. I love the analogy of, get, of getting people into the house. How do you get through the front door? Hmm. But I think the examples you've, you've given there are confusing. Well, you wouldn't eat cake before chicken casserole. I mean, that was... No. Yeah. That was stupid. What are you saying? All right. I think you're saying... Soup- you, you, Right. Hang on a second. What you're basically saying is is what products people look for when they're looking for a new provider. So yeah, let's that was take, my, that was let's my take, second. Oh, was it? That was my, yeah, it was Sorry. my second okay, metaphor. Well let's, well, let's well, let's go because they're kind of the same, really. Well, no, um, I think that I think this the second metaphor is much more powerful. Oh well, so, it's good. It's bloody good. It's coming. Is it yeah. better than your cake and chicken casserole? Uh, well, let's let's let rubbish. people find out for them. To be honest, okay, go. So, so you go, you you carry on then. So, like when they're coming into the house, so basically, you would have a let's say they have a house they go to, they have a the house they go to, they're they're quite happy with it, um, but then they go right, I've got a big occasion coming up, and I don't want, I don't think that house is going to provide. For the big occasion so they go out and look for a new house for that big occasion so now i'm going to flip it to a really real life example because it's more easy to understand so someone's selling menswear suits jackets trousers all that kind of stuff now that that business typically their best sellers would be trousers and shirts and maybe socks uh and and things like that but those are not the products that people buy when they're changing providers in terms of a menswear, you probably put up with your usual shop for socks and stuff. You maybe just keep going to Melks and Spencers or wherever. But when you've got a big occasion, let's say Ian's going to get married again, um, and you, you want to do something special for that, you would actually go and look for a new provider for that big occasion. So in terms of menswear, the products you might recruit on would be a suit or a suit jacket or something. Yeah, something like so that's that. That's a much better. That's a much better example, which is the example that I was going to give. Actually, yeah, yeah. Well, so I'd obviously so told you... you before in the notes that that, and then I was worried <laughs> you were going to steal my thunder. Well, I was because that was mine. Yeah, I was. Yeah, so we've used that one for years. Same one. It's not. Same it's one. you. It's well, today. Is it? Wow. Yeah. So something new. That's good. So yeah. basically, you're saying is that you in that example of a menswear retailer online. They wouldn't necessarily put the products like socks and boxer shorts um, and scarf and cufflinks into their shopping. They wouldn't recruit on those products because they're lower average order value and that they, people don't hunt. People don't change providers for those lower kind of fill in products. They go yeah. for the more exciting hero type products, which is suits, jackets. Probably, yeah. probably shirts as well. See, yeah, because if you think about a lot of these businesses, you, you when you're recruiting customers, you have to take them from somewhere else. You have to take them. Someone has got mm. a provider for that. They've got an existing job to be done provider. And, you know, there's things that make people switch. It's why people spend 
uh, a lot of these consumer brands spend so much on young couples who've just had a child because at that point, a lot of their needs change and therefore they have these a big event in their life and therefore they change a lot of their brands that they use. So there's a lot of money spent on those to convince them to move. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a movement event uh, in that person's life, which is usually a job to be done. That means they're going to come to you. So therefore you have usually those recruitment products that fit those new jobs. Yeah. Once it's you've got, got them. And it, yeah. And yeah. It's something that is something that is, you know, a little bit more interesting tends to be, isn't it? A little bit of a bigger decision. And then yeah. you use products like the socks to actually get the lifetime customer value up, the margin up, the average order value up. Yeah, because then you're their choice. Typically, yeah, yeah. typically you'd use email because it's a much lower cost way of actually getting people to buy. Mm. Mm. So you recruit with your hero products. And it also, it also tends to set the job to be done as well because you can really get the essence of the brand across what you're trying to stand for. And then you use the other products to come through. And that makes absolute sense to me. And you remember... That the the main question or two fundamental questions of e-commerce, which you've said so many, so many times again and again, is how much does it cost to recruit a customer and how much that customer is worth to you over a lifetime? And that's yeah. it. That's that is e-commerce. So yeah. how much does it cost you to recruit a customer? And then how much is they're worth over a lifetime? So if you were going to let's say, you know, that's what I was saying before, that if you had if you could recruit you know, a customer on our product that had that you knew if they if if somebody bought that product on their first purchase, they were they became naturally a much more loyal customer, mm. and by nature of that product choice. So that might be something. Okay, let's say that the men's suit example is a good one. If somebody came on and bought, you know, a, a particular brand of men's suit, it was a large men, you know, large larger clothing. They liked that suit. They wanted it. Um, you know that you knew that they were going to buy five times a year, versus someone who came on and bought like okay a one-off pair of trousers that was just a normal regular size of chino trousers. You know you knew that they only bought once every year for that product. Same mm. price, same margin. Um, you know same cost per acquisition. You know which product are you going to go and advertise more heavily on? You're going to you know is it the chino where they only buy once a year? Or is it the men's jacket where they buy five times a year? Same product, same price, same cost per click. You know, everything's the same. Of course, you're going to go for the one that's going to give you a better lifetime customer value. And, and, and that's key. So that, and that's the biggest thing. Is, so if you threw equal budget at all of your products and you're only looking at that initial sale and you're thinking, oh, yeah, there's my conversion, there's my ROAS, but you're not factoring in the lifetime customer value down the line, you are massively missing a trick because you know, if, you, if you know you've got that jacket that they're going to buy five times a year, you can be much more aggressive with your ROAS, your return on ad spend on that product, mm-hmm. much more aggressive than anyone else because you know you've got a kick-ass lifetime customer value system you know, in, the back, in the background that's really doing well with great email, you know, great segmentation mm-hmm. strategy. You can absolutely nail it. You're going to dominate your competition. And you know that you can quite happily recruit that customer at break even. And all and everyone else is having to go for a five, six, seven times ROAS. You're happy to do it on a three mm. times ROAS because you know you've got confidence there. So that's where you focus on those products that give you a better ROAS. Makes absolute sense, doesn't it? 
Yeah. I mean, what's very interesting is the, the margin calculator sheet I created for the, for the course and the people on the 10K core, 20K core will have access to that. Um, and when we're filling that in, what's really interesting is as you play around with your lifetime customer value, you suddenly see how that affects what you can recruit a customer for. And it's massive, like little changes yeah. in that lifetime customer value. Suddenly you go, well, normally I had to recruit at 500% ROAS. Now I can recruit at, at 250 ROAS. And, you know, you suddenly go, well, the game just got, you know, 100 times easier, didn't it? Because everybody else is recruiting at 500% ROAS and I can recruit at 250. So I'm pretty much in a league of my own. You dominate. You're just going to dominate. And the, yeah. and the businesses, the e-commerce businesses that really, truly understand the relationship between you know lifetime customer value and ROAS of and on the initial customer recruitment, they're the ones that really scale because the businesses that scale are the ones that spend as much as they possibly can on the return on ad spend until they mm. they can they hit that limit, and you know, so the, so the lower the ROAS, the easier it is. The higher the ROAS, the harder it is. So if you're if you if you're you you're competing against a business that has got a limit of you know, they have to be a ten times ROAS and you have to, you can going to a, a five times ROAS you're gonna you're gonna smash them you're gonna you're just mm. gonna dominate mm. because you can spend more and they can't because they they're stuck. Here's, so here's a curve a curveball for you in. So we're talking about like you know the new recruitment people. Um, buying a product because it's a, it's a big, you know, it's a, it's a big change for them or a bigger change. It's a new event or a new job to be done or something they don't think their existing provider can provide. So taking into account uh, the friend of mine that runs the fishing business, he says he recruits on the fishing reels um, yeah. because he has to have those people. It brings people on, on board and then he sells them other stuff. So I think that, I think I know the answer to this, but what, how does that fit into that analogy? Like, yeah, what yeah what are you know what are we displacing yeah. in that in that well so interesting thing about your fishing friend and he's very useful to have as a friend because we always use quite a lot of examples but yeah but it gets he gets mentioned was, a lot he does <laughs> yeah but he was saying that you know he there's certain so he's selling a mixture of his own brand and other people's brands so he's got his own kind of products he's sourcing um like the storage boxes and things that were you know, higher, higher, higher margin, um, but uh, but no no real brand equity. No one's really searching for them. They're kind of specific to him. So he he would use what we call hero recruitment products, um, which are other people's brands. So he so there's certain brands that are really really dominating fishing arena. Certain like reels that you know big brands. Everyone wants these type of reels. There's a lot of search traffic for it, and you know you have to have them in your portfolio of products and he recruits he uses those products to in google shopping to recruit a new customer knowing that he's basically getting a customer on his customer house file for free he hasn't cost him anything in fact he's made a little bit of profit on it um but he knows then he's got those other products in there that he's much higher value margin and that he's either going to get them during the initial sale, because on the initial sale for that branded reel, fishing reel, that he doesn't make much money on, he's got a kick-ass upselling strategy, so he can try and get them to buy the, the, the big bloody storage box that comes with it that's got a you know massive margin on. But he's also mainly, most importantly, 
he's he's getting a new customer on his customer house file that has cost him nothing. And in fact, they've paid him to to join it. Then he can then he can then email the hell out of them in a lovely, you know, clever way um, for the years to come. And he knows they're going to buy three, four times a year. So obviously, he's got to go and and use those branded reels to recruit on, hasn't he? Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. So, see so what I think is happening there is that that person selling fishing stuff, right? So they're, they're buying fishing. They're fishermen. Now, maybe they might buy where they go fishing at a local. Um, New Zealand's kind of like this. There's like a local town. There's a fishing shop locally, and they're buying something at the local fishing shop, and they're buying their bait from there. Maybe like a few different things, but then they want a significant purchase, and they want to buy a new reel. And I don't know how much a reel is, but they can think they can get quite expensive, and so. That then tr- triggers them into the new, the new, uh, the new, mm. rec- new supplier kind of yeah. a- a- arrangement. They so kind of go, they see the right this new provider. Yeah, yeah. They see the reel in the shop, and they go, "Well, to be honest, I could probably get that better online. I'm sure I could get a better price on that. It's four hundred dollars, but I, I'll have a look online." So they go online. They see Graham's shop. Graham's got it for three ninety or three eighty or something like that, and they go, "Okay, I'll get it from there." So. That's what's happening because there's something that forces the customer to think I can probably get a better deal from a different supplier at that point. And I think it's the same thing that would happen with contact lenses. So, you know, people, you know, they go and get their eyes tested. They probably get their first set of contact lenses from the optician and then they, they buy them and they go, well, yeah, 300 quid. That seems like a lot of money. And then the next time they go, I wonder if I could get these cheaper online. So they go online, they search for the contact lenses, and they buy from the cheapest one. Once that customer, once that supplier has then got them, they then know that they probably don't need to have them as cheap um, as well, they did when they had them on Google Shopping. And it's easy, you know, you set up, you're there, you've got an account. Yeah. It's easy to go and reorder. You, you know, if you can send people text messages, yeah, hey, do you want the same again? You know, yeah, exactly. They're in. They're, kind of, they're very price sensitive on the first purchase aren't they or tend to very, be yeah more because they're like well uh, oh that's a lot cheaper especially, than the uh well, especially than the selling other people's products mm. you know it's i think i think it's where lifetime customer value is so important for e-commerce you know, that fishing business yeah. you know it's got it's got good lifetime customer value because people you know people are fishermen are coming in buying little bits of things all the time yeah and, and, and they, they want to buy stuff because it's their hobby they always yeah. want to be buying new they've stuff got, they go oh maybe if i have that yeah, yeah. We, you know, we, we, yeah. we're doing it with the garden, someone who's selling garden plants at the moment. That's, that's another that's exactly the same. Is it? But I think the, the most important thing to think about here is for your business is to understand what the job is that forces them online to choose a new supplier for mm. something. So in Graham's case, it's, it's, it's people want to get something cheaper. It's a big purchase for them. Or in the Contalance case, it's something that needs to be cheaper than their optometrist. And so that's what they get, gets them in. For the suit, mm. it's something for a special occasion that's different that, that they can't get you know, from their usual supplier. So understanding what makes them choose that a new supplier is gonna, you know, is, is gonna allow you to tie in that to your advertising copy, your landing page copy, and which products you would recruit on. And those things are really important because if you understand that, you understand the customer a lot more than someone just plonking stuff on Google Shopping and just hoping for the best. Yeah, it's so it's true. that process. But you just remember as well is that you know e-commerce is like a two-pronged attack here or job. 
Um, you, you have to have a recruitment mechanism that works. But, it, but in order to make your e-commerce business truly scale, you've got to have a retention strategy that works. Uh, you've got to get them. So you've got to understand how you get them to buy again. And if you haven't, you know, and really that's email. You know, you, you know, we're mm. assuming you've got good products and your customer service is good and your logistics are good and we'll take all that for a given because that's that easy for us to take it for, for a given. Uh, but, you know, you, it's email really is a thing that's going to drive that second, third, fourth repeat purchase down the line. So you've got to have those mm. two techniques re right, ready. You've got to really, you've got to dominate those. Otherwise, you're just going to be recruiting new customers at massive cost because it's bloody expensive to recruit customers online for the first time. You know, and it's yeah. hard. And, you know, you don't want to go and waste the budgets. You, you know, if you've got a kick-ass, you know, retention strategy in the back end that's put them into a great VIP loyalty club, you know, wonderful email, you know, really cleverly automated behavioral stuff, um, you've you nailed it. You know, it's mm. really, really critical. So that's why you don't have to go and put all your products in as your recruitment. It's just understanding yeah. it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pull, I, I wouldn't always pull stuff from the feed. I mean, you in Facebook and and Google, obviously, you want to be remarketing with products that people have been, so you want them in the feed. Yeah, yeah. it's just who you want to, who, what, what products you're going to recruit on, and yeah. you know, I, I think. Um, you know, some clients I've worked with that kind of go, oh, well, we sell a lot of these products and we sell a lot of these products. So you should be pushing these on Google Shopping. And it's like, well, that might not be the product that people are making a decision on a new provider on. Those might be the products that you could sell to existing customers. Um, and we've got these. So what they need to do is actually listen to the market and say, well, what do we recruit on and what gives us a high lifetime customer value? Uh, because some of the biggest clients I've worked with, you know, somebody was spending twenty thousand pounds a day on Facebook, um, and some of them, some people even more. I think they were recruiting on maybe like six products out of, you know, they had like two thousand products. Six products were really doing a lot of the legwork mm. on those, and 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 so it's you might have in your product collection only ten percent of your products that are those recruitment. I need a new. I need a new purchase. Um, I need a new supplier kind of products. And I think at the same time, if you haven't got those products in your product selection, you're not going to be able to make a successful business. Let's say you just sell socks, right? Like you, you have to have some socks that are interesting enough for, to people to go, oh, I want some special socks. You know, if you just sell normal like blue socks it's going to be very difficult for you to make a business mm. out of that. You know, you have to have those hero products that bring people something. in. I mean, there are, there are actually a couple of successful people selling socks, aren't there online? I think they're like mm. personalized and they're, yeah, and they are, they're sort of theme socks. Yeah. But I bet you they have the interesting socks. They're the ones that people buy and they're the ones that yeah. people get noticed on Facebook and stuff like that. Yeah. Because otherwise it's too hard. It's too hard just to kind of sell some generic socks. I mean, I mean, look no, at one of uh, the customers. You... Go on. He was trying to recruit, um, you know, you'll know exactly who, who it was when I say, but basically he was trying to sell um, like very liquid and um, uh, mm. washing powder and stuff online. And it's like it, it, the only way you're going to recruit is on is on cost because it's it's like you know, and you're competing with but the also, supermarkets. But it was also, but yeah, they don't, they, it's not um, it's not looking for a new provider type scenario when they're looking for to buy fairy liquid and stuff like that. 
because it's boring. No, and, you, and, and, and the only boring. reason you get them is if they suddenly wanted to buy in bulk for some Maybe reason, which bulk. is quite few and far between. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, I mean, who? then you're just dealing with the, the, the random customer in the UK that wants to buy um, a pallet of um, fairy washing liquid, which is, there's not many of them about. Mm. Um, and so it's it becomes difficult to recruit in that kind of business because what are your hero products? What is the interesting mm. product that you can use to bring people on and say, okay, you're on the list. What are you going to do? I mean, take a supplement business. We've got quite a mm. few of them. Um, you know, they've got, everybody's got vitamin C, everybody's got the fish oil tablets, everybody's got all of those different stuff. And there's lots of generic uh, supplements, but they might recruit on, they might have a very good range for arthritis or they might have a very good range for hair loss or something like that. And that would be the category that they recruit on because they go, look, you've got something to do with hair loss. You come to this category, we've got this great uh, uh, filter and it'll work exactly which one's going to be right for you. And by the way, we're probably the only people in the UK selling these supplements anyway, so we recruit on these. They recruit them on those, and then they go, oh, do you want some fish oil? Do you want some yeah. vitamin C? Do you want those you know things? Because cool thing, you're here. The cool thing about doing doing it this way is it allows you to, we obviously talk about things like the market square test, which is basically where you go out into the, into the market and you research who you're up against. If you're doing, if you're doing it with these recruitment hero products, you can, you can do that job a lot easily, more easily, because you can really go and understand, right, what is our, you know, what's our offer architecture? You know, what's our reassurances here? What's our, how are we going to get rid of anxieties? What's the, what's the deal? You know, what's the kit? Mm. What's the pack? Why should people buy today? You can really, you know, really, really go overboard with making sure mm. it is the best goddamn offering in the UK or in your wherever you are. But mm. to do that mm. across your whole portfolio of products is bloody hard because essentially what we're what we're assuming here is if you identify those real good hero recruitment products you could really do a good job of presenting them in, in an amazing way. And when, once they become a customer, they are slightly easier to convince them to buy again than it was mm. when they first bought for, from you in the first place. So we're sort oh, of saying a lot okay, easier. A lot, lot easier. easier. So focus, mm. on, focus more of your attention on those recruitment hero products because that's how you get new people into the business. I mean, that's, that's yeah. cool, critical, isn't it? Yeah. And once you know that, then, you know, your Facebook ads and your Facebook videos and your creative and everything basically becomes your, mm. you know, your, your going back to the house uh, metaphor uh, analogy, they, they, they become your front door for your, for your business. And the front door gets people in, doesn't it? With your, yeah. your videos pushing those oh, specific well, products. Is, you know, to use a much more relevant example, sorry, it's, it's your shop, your shop on the high street. You know, imagine your online want, store is a shop on the high street. people want soup? If they want no, soup, though, where are they going to go? Stop talking about chicken casseroles. That's just what are you doing? Like, stop. Cake. Cut this wrong. <laughs> we, we're a shop on the high street, <laughs> and that is the website. And what you're saying is that, you know, what would you put in your shop window? And what would be the offer that mm. you get to call people in? If you had a guy stood mm. out with a big, you know, flagpole, what would that what would that enticement be to come in? What's the thing you're going to get them in? It's the window. It's the you know. So what's in the window? Yeah, and like a clothing shop. Don't put your shirt. Don't put boxer shorts. Yeah, don't put box shorts. You put the most cool, like great eclectic outfit in the which, mm. which is a bit out there. Oh, that's cool. And you bring people in like that. And that's because the same what you're thing. saying to people is you've got that event coming up, you've got that party coming up. 
wouldn't it be great to wear this dress at the party? You don't go, um, you don't have like, here's some, uh, here's some everyday underwear. Come in and buy some. It's very difficult to get that job Mm. to be done, that essence of that, of what your brand stands for. It's a lot harder to get that across if you, yeah, if you're presenting box shorts. Hmm. Yeah. And then the existing customer, they just once they've got used to going in and st- going and buying something in the store, they just wander in because they're like, well, I know that store. I'll yeah. go in. I'll see whether they've got you. some more of those tops. I trust them. You know, it's just where it is. Yeah, it's a but, lot um, easier. Hmm. Remember, hmm. in order to make this whole thing work, you've got to have a kick-ass lifetime customer value strategy in place. And That's a great bowl of soup. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I seem to have gone off topic, but I think I think what I'm the most important thing is to, is is that is that there's, there's more work there to be done in finding what the reasons are people change their supplier, um, and we, we do teach that in the job to be done module. But it very much come, comes into recruitment because if you really understand the trigger that means that they come and buy a new cast iron cookware pan or something like that. Hello, Jed. I know you're listening to us whilst you go running. <laughs> is um, is if you understand what triggers that change for somebody to say, you know, what they're going to do? I mean, maybe they're doing the kitchen up. Maybe they are, um, you know, catering for a lot of people, or there's something new coming up, or their they, their frying pan has finally given the ghost. So, you know, what is the trigger that triggers them to look for a new supplier for that job to be done? Because if you know that. You can then you can then think well where are these people going to be, what kind of characteristics they're going to have and what language do they want to use because you can then start thinking like when they actually are in that situation this is the kind of language they use and this is the kind of language they want to hear from somebody and if you tie into that you can do a lot lot better and then the other flip side of this is making sure that those customers that are coming in are the ones that are going to buy over and over again you might have you know uh, four different types of saucepan. But one of the saucepans tends to lead to lifetime customer value because it's part of a set or something like that. Or there's an ongoing need. And then once they kind of fall in love with that way of cooking, they'll want to cook everything else like that. So um, it's it's that kind of like kind of e-commerce detective work that, that we have to do in order to make an e-commerce business work rather than, you know, plonking stuff on Google and plonking stuff on Facebook mm. and expecting it to work. Um you know, it, it's it's just there's a bit more homework to do um, th- than than just plonking things out there. Yeah, yeah. Well said. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. That's I mean, that's all for me, Ian. Have you got anything else you would like to add yeah, to that no, to round up? No, no, I think you've summed. No, I think we've summarised it. Basically, saying okay. yeah, like all products are equal except some are equal than others. You know, it isn't. Yeah. You can't just throw them out there and and, and give them the same. You know, the same way you have to focus on which ones are going to give you a more loyal, better customer that's worth more. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look doing some competitor analysis, you're kind of looking for their hero products. You know, if they've got 2000 products, you're kind of looking for what their recruitment products are, and what they're yeah. doing and how they're doing it, because that that's going to give you a, a massive head start in the market because you're going into it and understanding that that's how they're driving their customers and how they're getting their customers. Mm-hmm. And most businesses have one or two little tricks Let that drive everything. Uh, if, so mm-hmm. if you're going to do this in the Google shopping feed, would you then put a bunch of products that you knew were your kind of hero, really good, amazing recruitment products that you could afford to be much more aggressive with the ROAS on? Would you put those in a separate little campaign? 
with a specific ROAS? Uh, yeah, yes. I mean, if, you, if you've definitely got some products that are um, much higher lifetime customer value than other products, you'd probably want to split those off into another campaign um, because then you're going to have a different ROAS because you can only have a target ROAS set at campaign level. Uh, and all our bidding tools also have a campaign level um, target uh, ROAS to, to hit. So you'd pull those off, but I probably wouldn't do that at first like it, because unless you've got enough to, to conversions to kind of support that, I probably wouldn't start with that. I'd probably just run those products you think are going to have a, a higher lifetime value mm. with maybe a higher bid and see what happens. And then once you've got enough mm. conversions, then then split yeah. those off. Because obviously, um, obviously good Google and, and, and Facebook, they don't know the loyalty of a customer because they can't see it. They can only see it at that mm. time. So it's something that you've yeah. got to sort of figure out. You, you know what? You probably know it. You'll know instinctively looking at your products which products lead themselves to a better, more loyal customer. To be honest, I don't think a lot of people do. I don't think a lot of people do. I think because it's hard to work your lifetime customer value out for by SKU. I think there are um, a lot of people on Shopify who've been talking in the groups like they've there's um, like Lifetimely or something like that. There's a there's an app that will start doing this for us. But I think unless someone's asked you and pointed it out. They don't look at it because you're too busy in the business mm. to kind of think about it and take that step back. And yet that is the, once you've got some data, that is the data that you actually need to kind of move forward and and, and drive profitability. So like just before you came on the call, I was on the call to um, a lady, she's selling uh, clothing in the Middle East and she's not profitable. She, and you know, she's struggling to be profitable, even though she's doing about $60,000 a month. Um, and, you know, like, that the, within that business, there is profit. You know, everybody else is making money. You know, Google's making money. Facebook's making money. The warehouse manager's making money. She's not making money out of it. But within that, she's got an email list. So that's an asset. She'll have a, a value for the lifetime customer value. She'll have a value for how often people buy. She'll have a value for, you know, how quickly people come back and buy. And once you set those numbers out on a piece of paper, she'll work out that if I just tweak that number by 10%, my business, I suddenly start making all the profit. You know, she's so close to the profit. It's just not understanding the fundamentals of a business, like what customers she recruits, which customers turn into high, high lifetime mm. customer value customers, which customers would quite likely buy more again, more easily, and which ones that she wants to actually focus on recruiting, which ones she doesn't. Because within that business, if you've got to $60,000 a month, within any business, there is some bits of the businesses that are very profitable and some bits of the businesses that are very profitable. And it's about focusing more on the bits that are profitable and less on the ones that aren't profitable. But I think people don't dig into that because they've, it's not something they do as part of day to day, but it's mm. just kind of a case of looking at it, finding it out and going, Oh, that's interesting. Where do I need to be? And having a target for it because it's all very well saying, Oh, but this is my lifetime value is this. But like, if you want to make you know yeah, certain okay. profit margin, yeah, that's the, that's you need the to build thing it. About e-commerce, to be honest, is you, you can see all, you can see it all, you know, you can mm. see everything. It's all there in front of you. Everyone's got it. You know, it's all everything's there. It's just it's just having the tools to work it out and no, and, and working out. And knowing what to it's knowing what when it's knowing what stats mm. completely ignore that are a waste of time, and then knowing which ones to look at and what they mm. should be when you see mm. them as well. 
it's it's kind of yeah. like you, you you start it from the you know you start from the left to the right and you think at the beginning you've got your bounce rate and you've got your add to basket and then you've got your basket to order and then you've got your um your repeat customer rate um and then you know you've got the the thing that, that increases the the lifetime value like actually making them buy bigger purchases and if you think of that from the left to the right and you you write down where your weakness is in those ones you basically want to work on your weaknesses on the left first. So, you know, with a startup, you wouldn't you wouldn't go and try and increase your lifetime customer value story because you haven't got any customers to yeah, increase the increased. value of. Yeah, exactly. So you have to work and, on your yeah, balance right. rate and, first. And that's sometimes, I mean, we, we, we're doing a strat report, strat growth session with a client this week. And straight away, they're, they ha- they haven't, they're not maximizing their ROAS. You know, they're, they're on like a, mm. I think like a 10 times ROAS and based on their margins, their numbers and their, their business, they can quite happily go down to a five. So like instantly say, right, mm. maximize, you want to grow, right, spend more. Spend more mm. until your ROAS hits five and then start optimizing. Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, I better let you get back to your evening, Ian, and I'll speak yeah. to everybody next week. But thank you very much and we'll talk to everybody soon. Okay, bye.